guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front-range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them DNVR Rams sent you. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Colorado's own Bojo's Pizza. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. We've got a ton to talk about. Today was the beginning of the early signing period. The Rams signed and announced nine players today. Uh, We had a chance to hear from Steve Adazio. He took about... Oh, 25, 20 minutes worth of questions this afternoon. After that, uh, me, Eddie Hers, Sean Keeler, and then the guys from the Coloradoan, Kevin and Kelly, were able to do some uh, individual uh, one-on-one type interviews with Steve Adazio. So big thank you to Kyle Neves and Mike Brohard. Uh, over at CSU for setting that up. Also, I want to thank those guys for 
having a really smooth setup today just in general really appreciate uh just the info that they had for us prepared gave us a nice little packet with just you know recruiting info and some stats and stuff on all the guys and just made the the entire process easier for creating content after for asking questions those guys don't always get a ton of love but i just wanted to make sure that i recognize them before we really jump into things here uh before we really jump into it let's let's offer our deepest condolences to the team up north that's what we're going to refer to wyoming as steve adazio did it so that's what we're going to do it we're just going to full-on buy into trying to make this border war a little bit more bitter if you will but the wyoming cowboys the men's basketball team currently losers of six games in a row they fell to utah valley tonight at home that is a utah valley team that csu beat by 31 a few weeks back rams beat the brakes off of them tough times tough tough times up in laramie uh, i really like alan edwards and in, in my experience he's very nice to work with he's very uh very respectful and gives direct answers not one of those guys some coaches kind of uh they can be a little bit demeaning in a way in a sense they can really just i don't know the way they shape their answers it's almost as if they're talking down to you and i don't know if that's because they're trying to be more relatable or if they're trying to speak you know in in layman's terms and in everyday terms versus you know sport jargon versus basketball and and hoops talk but Edwards is always really direct and you know you ask him a question and he gives you an honest answer and I always appreciate that about him I had a chance to cover the Cowboys during the uh, Mountain West tournament a couple of times for Tracy Ringlesby and his website Uh, if you if you haven't checked that out definitely do so I believe they're being hosted on the Maven platform with Sports Illustrated now so good for Tracy good friend of mine obviously a, a legend in the Rocky Mountain region long time baseball beat writer has been on the Rockies broadcast for shoot as long as I can remember my entire life I think uh, but shout out to the cowboy I know uh, I know you're trying to soak in the uh, the last bit of football here because things are not going well on the hardwood all right let's let's just jump right into things here what we're gonna do on today's podcast I'm just gonna kind of go guy by guy here give you some brief info about each player gonna give you my thoughts on them uh we're gonna talk about some of the other things that we learned from steve adazio today as well uh, not gonna really break down everything like i said i did have that one-on-one interview with him uh, i've had a chance to go back and listen to it but i still need to transcribe it and i want to see which audio i'm ultimately going to uh you know, keep for my exclusive content over for our DNVR Ram subscribers. But uh, just just looking at this class, the what really jumps to jumps to my head here is fairly impressive considering the circumstances. Adazio had less than a week to try and put this class together. Well, I mean, obviously most of it was really put together by the the previous administration, and Adazio did a good job of recognizing that he really had to rely on the hard work of the previous staff and he really commended them one for the work that they put in, you know, leading up to this, but for the work that they've done since for 
how they've handled things with professionalism and, you know, just really handled the, a tough, tough situation with poise. That's obviously always weird when you have guys out recruiting. You don't necessarily know uh, what the future is going to hold. You don't really know, uh, you know, if, if you're going to be back or not. So it's like one of those things where it's like, how are you supposed to operate as if like everything's normal and you don't know what your future holds, but it sounds like Adazio and, and some of these former staffers have gotten along pretty well. He did say he was still in the process of filling out his staff. Um, we should find out hopefully in the next week or so, I would guess he said he wanted to have it fully determined before they go out and, and hit the road again. Obviously the, the early signing period ends Friday, but the recruiting period, you know, you still have till uh, signing day this February. So there's, there's no rest for the wicked. That's for sure. Uh, when I, when I look at this staff or excuse me, when I look at this recruiting class, uh, the one thing that jumps out in particular to me is, you know, the, the guys from Colorado and well, for a couple of reasons, one, these dudes are ballers. And if you're going to sign in-state kids, you got to actually sign in-state kids that can play. The Rams definitely did that. I mean, Henry Blackburn, a safety and wide receiver at a Fairview. Brian Crespo, uh, offensive tackle at a Pooter in Fort Collins. Also ended up with Tanner Hollins, running back out of Columbine. And, of course, Chase Wilson, the linebacker from Ralston Valley. These are all guys who didn't get a ton of love from major programs, but all have uh, the, the ability to play at the D1 level, at least in my opinion. Uh, going to gonna take up some some development for sure but these are the kind of guys that traditionally like have been getting out you know they're the kind of guys that somehow end up at Wyoming and end up coming back to kill the Rams four years down the line or you know two or three years down the line so it was encouraging to see this staff make a commitment to Colorado football I think you know, some of that foundation was laid by the previous staff with some of these guys. You know, Crespo had been committed for months. Uh, but, you know, somebody like Tanner Hollins, who sounds like, it sounds like, you know, if, if Bobo was the coach again next year, Hollins was going to be at Northern Colorado next year with Ed McCaffrey because based on everything that I've heard, uh, a CSU coach had never even been to Columbine to talk to this kid. And I just that's absurd to me I mean he doesn't have the the greatest size in the world necessarily but when you watch him he just he runs so hard and to get the kind of production that he's consistently had at at three for three years you know at 5a at the highest level in Colorado for one of the best programs in the Columbine Rebels under Andy Lowry I just think you know how how did they almost let this kid fall through the cracks man no way that a kid this athletic, this talented, should be ending up at an FCS school or even worse, you know, for CSU fans if he would have ended up at Wyoming. In his career, uh, Tanner Hollins rushed for 4,306 rushing yards, 52 touchdowns on the ground, also had 10 uh, through the air. What really jumps out to me about him is, you know, like I said, he's only six foot, 194 pounds, but he's averaging eight yards per carry, over 539 attempts. So that's a a really large sample size. It's not like, you know, he only had like 15 carries or something, had a fluke performance, 500 plus carries to average eight yards or more. 
that's just consistent production that shows one he keeps his legs moving but two it just shows uh, how explosive he really is Average 107.7 yards per game in 40 games for the Rebels. I was a two-sport standout. Also played lacrosse and had 22 goals and 11 assists. That information courtesy is CSU Athletics. Like I said, thank you, Brohard. You're the man. Um, you know, Hollins was going to go to Greeley. Now he's going to be a Ram 2019 Gatorade Player of the Year. Uh, just a just a one of those guys you want to see stay in state uh you know the one of the things that adazio kept raving about over and over again in terms of the the in-state guys was it was just really clear that they had a, a passion for colorado state and and really genuinely wanted to play here and you know at the end of the day like i think you need to try and recruit the best players possible and and bobo's staff certainly did that i'm not saying they they didn't. It was evident with the recruiting rankings, and you saw them pull a, a ton of fringe P5 kids out of the South, and it was great. And I think if you can continue to do so, you should try that. Uh, but there, there is something to be said about a, a player that genuinely just really wants to be there, a guy who dreams of playing for CSU, a guy of who dreams of playing in the border war and, and getting to, to score a touchdown for the Rams against Wyoming, a guy who you know, grows up wanting to play in the Rocky Mountain Showdown and, and wants to represent his state. I just, I think there's something to be said about that. I mean, you see it with Wyoming all the time. They just, they take these diamonds in the rough and, and they make them shine. And that was an, an analogy that Adazio used today. He talked about how when he was at Maryland, it, it was, or Maryland, excuse me, when he was at Boston College, uh, he wasn't in a situation where they were able to consistently recruit or land four or five star players but they did the best with what they could they went and they found those two or three star guys that really wanted to play at bc and he was able to send you know 30 plus 30 plus dudes to the league in in seven years so it can work you know if you if you develop well it can work and i'm really excited to see how some of these colorado kids develop because i think just far too far too many of them have have ended up slipping through the cracks. Now, is that to say that you should only recruit Colorado? Heck no. Heck no. You got to go out in California. You got to go out in Texas, Florida, all of the the football hotbeds, and you got to try and pull talent from, you know, these areas. Colorado definitely, you know, it's just, it's not on level with those, not as a whole. But... Football in this state is improving, and we've seen that. You know, just just look at the NFL. You got running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Philip Lindsay, Austin Eckler, all these dudes, all Colorado dudes, all starting in the NFL at running back. These aren't offensive linemen. These aren't, you know, tight ends. The the kind of stereotypical Colorado positions from the mid two thousands. You know, the Joel Dreesen types, the the guys that end up going and and playing in the league and having nice careers, but you know they're they're not the sexiest players. They're not superstars necessarily, but we're in a we're in a different era of Colorado football. These guys are are legit athletes, and I'm not saying Tanner Hollins is is Christian McCaffrey or Max Borgie or some of these dudes, but this kid can play, and it's insane to me that he he wasn't going to get any attention until Adazio came in. Moving on, let's uh, let's just keep local and move on to Henry Blackburn. He's going to play 
uh, defensive back, at least in the initial stages here at CSU. He played for Tom McCartney at Fairview, really consistent program. Uh, according to 247 Sports, Blackburn is the 15th best ranked player in the state of Colorado. He's a three-star listing. Basically, everyone that signed today was a three-star. Uh, two-way player for the Knights, also uh, along with defensive back, also played wide receiver. Had 139 catches for 2,403 yards, 43 touchdowns in his career. Uh, had 169 tackles, 15 of which went for a loss. Three sacks and 16 passes defended. On the defensive side, also had three picks. He's a guy who at one point was committed to Penn, had a lot of Ivy League interest, which obviously shows uh, from an academic standpoint he was going to qualify. Uh, speaks highly to his intelligence. When you watch him, he's one of those where it's just clear, you know, he's just an explosive athlete. There's not really anything he can't do in my article I wrote. You know, he's a record-setting receiver, one of the best defenders for Fairview, uh, probably filled the water cooler and cut the grass too. I mean, there's just nothing that this kid can't do. Uh, 5'11", 189 pounds, great frame. Uh, you know, not not the tallest guy either. You know, you'd like a little bit more height, maybe closer to 6'1", especially if he's going to be a safety or something. But he's explosive, moves well laterally. I could see him being a, a cornerback or a safety, depending on what they want to do. He's a really sure tackler. So just a just an all-around quality football player and a guy who I think is going to have a really nice career here at CSU. Brian Crespo, another local guy, like I said, six foot five, three hundred and seventeen pound tackle out of Fort Collins, Colorado. First Fort Collins kid to sign since uh, Max McDonald, linebacker, did so back in two thousand fifteen. Uh, Crespo, I'm not gonna lie, he's he's kind of raw. You look at his film, and I'm not an offensive line genius, but I can tell you is he looks a little bit slow. But get him in the weight room, you get him with the staff. He'll be all right. He certainly has the frame that you are looking for. I mean, six foot five, three hundred and seventeen pounds. Those kids don't just grow on trees. He is ranked the thirteenth best player in the state of Colorado by two four seven sports. Pick CSU over offers from uh, New Mexico State and Northern Colorado. Excited to see what this kid can do. Uh, really, only heard good things about him. I, I honestly have not gotten to watch him play. As much as I would have liked to have, but, you know, from what I've heard from Kevin Lytle, just really, really down-to-earth, nice kid, really easy to root for, and he's a first gener- going to be a first-generation college student, which is always really cool and, and certainly something that should be celebrated. So congrats to Brian. Uh, really cool. Really cool that you're going to be able to stay local, represent CSU, represent Fort Collins, and, and be a first-generation college student. Uh, that's really, really, really impressive. Might as well just do the last local kid before we take a break here. I was going to shoot it to the advertisement, but wrapping things up, the the fourth kid from Colorado, I, sh- excuse, I said yesterday, man, kid. Um, I don't mean it in a, defen- a demeaning way. It, honestly, I'm only 24, so like it's just one of those, it, it just comes out. It's just natural. Listed at six foot one, 198 pounds, uh, Chase Wilson, fine young man. 
is what I should have said. Ranked the 18th best player in the state of Colorado. Three-star guy. Like I said, most of these guys were three stars. Uh, Three-sport athlete for the Mustangs. Played lacrosse and also ran track and field. On the football field, a two-way star. Rushed for over 2,000 yards in his career. 28 combined touchdowns. Had 44 tackles as a senior. Two sacks and six tackles for a loss. Was a team captain. Had a 3.9 GPA. All the things you want to hear. Uh, one of the things I wrote, it's it's somewhat of a lazy comparison because Andrew Wingard also came out of Ralston Valley, but kind of reminds me of Ralston Valley, or <laughs> kind of reminds me of Andrew Wingard in a in a potential in terms of potential. Just he's a guy who's a little bit undersized, didn't get really a lot of love from other programs, did get offers from. Northern Colorado and Central Michigan. Uh, Jim McElwain certainly uh, has not forgotten Colorado, but um, I'm excited, man. I just he plays hard. It's he reminds me of Hollins in that in that aspect. You know, he just he's a guy who I think if you develop him, he's he's going to be able to play. So you're going to have to get him in the weight room. Six foot one, 198 pounds. If he's going to play linebacker, you know, probably going to have to put on. 30 pounds or so at least if not even more but he moves well he's a sure tackler explosive athlete these are the kind of guys you can't let get out to wyoming these are the kind of guys you got to develop and you know represent your school well it's it's what they do at programs like iowa state kansas state you got to do it here even wyoming craig bull's done an awesome job of it at wyoming but Anyways, really excited about these local kids. We're going to talk about some of the other uh, signings and some of the other stuff that we learned today. But first, going to take a quick second and acknowledge our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery, established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. They have been serving locals for two decades plus right now. With the Davidson's Wine and Spirits app, you can get their six-pack for only $7.99. That's a steal, folks. A six-pack of Breckenridge Brew for only $7.99. I'm talking Avalanche Ale. I'm talking Colorado Core. I'm talking Strawberry Sky. Anything you want, use that app. Grab a six-pack for only $6.99. Shout out to our friends at Breckenridge. They've been awesome partners. Have so much love for them. And, uh, just really excited to work with them moving forward. So pick up that app and grab a six-pack for only $7.99. Welcome back to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. All right, we are going to move a little bit faster here because we're 21 minutes in and, and we're only like halfway through. Casey Irons, defensive tackle, Six foot three, two hundred and thirty-seven pounds, out of Gilmer, Texas. He was CSU's first verbal commit way back when. Uh, stayed committed all the way through. Uh, Keith Gilmore actually went out to Texas and visited him. At the end, got him to, you know, re reaffirm that commitment. Played for a couple of different schools, three schools in his career. But in two years at Gilmer, he had 117 tackles. 86 of them were solo. 
19 for a loss, had nine sacks as well, had offers from Kansas, Liberty, North Texas, and Texas Southern. One of those guys who, you know, maybe got overlooked in a football-rich state like Texas, but when you watch him on film, uh, he's a sure tackler, uh, has it's pretty nice speed off the snap. Uh, I think he, with some, you know, with some work and, and the right coaching, can ultimately be a, a legitimate pass rusher, and I'm really excited to see him stay. You always got to love uh, the guys that, you know, commit to a school and, and stay verbally committed throughout it all. It's it's certainly less common in today's era, but Casey Irons has been committed to CSU since day one and, and, and never wavered, and I think that's cool. James Mitchell, defensive tackle, the other guy out of Texas, six foot one, two hundred and seventy-eight pounds. Could you imagine weighing two hundred and seventy-eight pounds as like a 17, 18 year old young man? These guys are they're something else, man. <laughs> Playing for uh, Duncanville, one of the best teams in Texas. They're currently 15 and 0 and will play in the Texas 6A football championship. Had uh three tackles for loss in the semifinal. Pick CSU over offers from Arkansas, Alabama A&M, UConn, Boston College, a variety of offers. Ultimately, pick CSU, when you look at him, a force in the middle, absolute force in the middle, a dominant run stopper, and gives CSU some depth at a position that's really, really difficult to recruit. I've heard time and time again from so many different college coaches, from multiple staffs, multiple teams even, that defensive tackle is by far the hardest position to recruit as a mid-major. You know, they just get scooped up by the Power Fives, Alabama, Texas, all these other schools. They go up and they sign like seven of these dudes and they just get buried under each other. So excited to see what he can do. I think he was overlooked, like I said, in a football-rich state, but Mitchell is a really, really nice signing for the Rams. And I'm I'm really stoked about him and Casey Irons Jr. Both, a couple of nice additions to the defensive line. A couple of guys who, I think, will probably be playing uh, sooner rather than later. Sometimes you see defensive ends and defensive tackles, and it's it's kind of hard to predict when they'll they'll be able to translate. But these guys look like guys that'll get out there and and be playing sooner than later. Dylan Walker, uh, six foot four, two hundred and thirty-six pound tight end at a Royersburg, Pennsylvania, Pope John Paul High School. Uh, originally committed to Bowling Green, but flipped over due to Steve Adazio and Louis Adazio, uh, who has not officially been announced yet, but is on the staff. Walker was the only player that Adazio had contact with prior to taking the job here at CSU. Uh, but when you look at him, it's just, you know, he looks like the the perfect fit for what Adazio wants to do, run the football, 6'4", 236 pounds, just take advantage of that size as a run blocker, and then you can kind of, you know, get him out in the flat. He's going to be so hard to tackle for defensive backs, has the height as well that makes him just tough to match up with. Had 34 receptions for 470 yards, 10 touchdowns, so a real red zone threat. Uh, that's good to know. Rams have not been good in the red zone over the last couple of years. It would be nice to to use someone like him more frequently. Granted, I will say, CSU already has a couple of really stud tight ends in, in Cam Butler and Trey McBride, but can never never have too many 
quality tight ends, especially in modern football. They've just become such a big part of the offense, and and you gotta love it. You gotta love a guy who loves to block, also uh, isn't afraid to really just you know get down and get down and dirty. That's what Trey McBride says. You know, first and foremost, they're blockers. If you want the glory as a pass catcher, you gotta earn it first as a run blocker. Uh, the last two guys we're gonna go over here. Brandon Guzman, five foot ten, 172 pound corner out of Covina, California, played for Charter Oak High School, listed as a three-star prospect. Um, only got to play in three games due to a, an injury during his senior year, but still managed to have 12 catches for 184 yards, as well as a punt return for a touchdown. On the defensive side, posted 10 tackles and had a pick six. Also had five pass breakups. Like I said, you know, didn't anytime somebody misses this much time during their senior year, you always worry, you know, are they going to be able to, to really hit the ground running? But it seems like he did so even in the in the small period that he did play. Ultimately picked CSU over offers from BYU, New Mexico, New Mexico State, and San Diego State. Uh, admittedly, because he committed late, I know uh, less about him than some of these other guys. Uh, and the same goes for... Kaiwan Herndon, five foot nine, hundred and seventy-five pound running back out of Jacksonville, Florida. He was obviously the the big surprise of the day, and I didn't intentionally save him for last, but that's just kind of how it worked out. Uh, three-star prospect, according to two four seven, one time committed to Ole Miss, was most recently, uh, as of ten days ago, committed to the University of Maryland. Uh, but ultimately decided to come to CSU instead. Ranked 114th nationally as an athlete. Uh, rushed for 1,836 yards, 15 touchdowns as a senior. Had uh, 2,400 yards, 19 scores in his career. Averaged 7.8 yards per carry, 166.9 yards per game. I mean, all super impressive. When you watch him, he's just incredibly fast i mean it looks like he's playing in a, on a different level if it was like you know you're playing a video game and you had the defense playing on half speed or something because the dude can just absolutely fly uh, pick csu over offers from maryland florida state Ole Miss, bowling green and cincinnati in his video post he said he intends to uh attend csu for the next three or four years uh, I, I imagine he's not implying that he would transfer, though you, you never know. So certainly a guy who's confident in him, himself and, and believes that he's going to the league. I have not had a chance to interview him yet. I hope that I will get to uh, talk to him in the next week or so. We'll have to see. I've reached out to a lot of these guys. Uh, but I got to imagine that you know there was some type of indication that he would probably be playing pretty pretty right away if he ended up coming to CSU. The Rams have not run the football particularly well over the last couple of years. I do think they've got a couple of decent backs in in Christian Hunter and Jalen Thomas and you know I've always got love for Marcus McElroy but this this Kylon Herndon kid's a baller man when everyone looks good in their highlights you know nobody puts their their misreads or anything like that in their highlight tapes, but I'm certainly intrigued by him, and he's a he's a kid that brought some excitement to this signing day class. Always, 
always fun when your school can can steal someone, especially from a power program. Uh, Maryland isn't, you know, they're not Texas, but as they say in in the classic Wedding Crashers, crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. But you know, ultimately pick CSU because what do, what do we do here at CSU? Something else in football. I was going to make a joke about legal marijuana, but that seems inappropriate given the context of college football. Uh, so I don't, I don't hiking, I don't, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll post that as a poll on Twitter. We can do suggestions for what the, the crab cakes in football would be if wedding crashers were to have been filmed here in Colorado. Anyways, if, if you're ever wondering like, what are the weird things that go through Justin's mind in a, in a day, it's like 80% song lyrics, uh, random mid 2000s movie references because I don't have time to see movies now, uh, and then just tons of basketball and football and baseball and hockey and well, pretty much everything else, golf, tennis. If it's a sport, if it's competitive, I'll consume it. It's just how I am. Uh, overall, I'd say pretty successful signing period for Adazio and company. Not an easy situation when you get hired and have less than a week to fill out the staff, but they were able to basically retain everyone. They had a couple of decommits, which is to be expected. You know, Weston Lee Wallace, Griff, Griffin Brewster were not surprising at all. A couple of Georgia kids, you know, once Bobo is out, are they still going to come all the way across the country to Fort Collins, especially if Joe Cox isn't going to be here? And that's not official yet, like I've said multiple times, but it, it does not sound like Joe Cox will be back next year. Uh, we'll have to see, but he did remove it. The position of wide receiver coach at CSU from his Twitter bio, which is, you know, never good. If you change your relationship status on Facebook, it's, it's usually pretty legit at that point. So we will have to see how it all plays out. going to talk uh, more about what I learned from Steve Adazio on tomorrow's podcast as well i'm gonna really transcribe that one-on-one and see uh, some of the stuff that is is best suited for podcasts and and best suited for the features that i'm going to write so make sure you're locked in on that you're not going to want to miss out also going to have some hoops content i keep saying that and i swear i mean it i've just been so so overwhelmed with the the coaching search and now signing day and everything that's going on still uh gonna be busy trying to keep up with the new staff and and some of the the moving parts with that but i am a huge college basketball guy i'd actually say before this year i think i was probably more known for my basketball coverage and basketball uh, insight than i was for my football knowledge even though i've actually been around football longer and used to work for the football team but it's a weird it's a weird world. I love talking about both of them, and I'm I'm really excited to get some of these pieces out. I've been working on a piece that kind of dove into the deep analytics of things and talked about uh, where the Rams can improve. And I also had a, a couple of suggestions for just some lineup shakeups and and some things that CSU can do differently to to better put themselves in a position to win. They've obviously been struggling of late but i do think their ceiling is high uh, and particularly moving forward you know next year the year after that i'm i'm just so excited to see where medved and and ali and some of these guys are are taking the program so 
excited to talk hoops, excited to talk football, excited to talk the future of the football program. That's really what I'm going to focus on moving forward. You know, now we know the coach. Now we know who this 2020 class is made up of, but we want to talk about how are the Rams going to use some of the guys that are currently on the roster. You know, Dante Wright comes to mind, Warren Jackson, if he ultimately sticks around, Trey McBride, some of these dudes. Some of that will depend on schemes and who's ultimately hired as OC and then, you know, defensive coordinator as well. But uh, we can look at what Adazio did at his time at Boston College as well as his time at Florida and kind of use it as a reference. Uh, Some of that I actually asked him about today and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So looking forward to jumping into all of this. It's a, it's a fun time to be a Ram fan again. I know they haven't won anything yet, but you, you can just sense that there is a, a feeling of excitement again. And I know that the initial reaction was not particularly warm for Steve Adazio. I also know that, you know, concrete opinions have not been formed yet. You know, he's done a good job of winning people over and saying the right things for the most part, I believe. But at the end of the day, like I've said repeatedly, how he fares on the football field is ultimately going to be what determines how he's perceived. If you win, you're loved. If you lose, you're hated. Uh, You know, Mike Bobo was about as personable as it can get from a head coach perspective. He was great to the media. He was great to fans when they had a chance to interact with him. I know he wasn't necessarily the the most active guy in the community, but in the in the opportunities where there were fan engagement, he was always respectful and polite and just genuinely a good dude, but he struggled in rivalry games and he didn't win and at the end of the day that's why people couldn't stand him by the end of it. So going to be interesting. It's uh it's always fun to talk football. Always it's fun to talk recruiting. Excited to talk hoops and hope everybody had a nice day and uh, hope everybody's a little bit more productive tomorrow. I'm sure many of you were glued into the Twitter feed all day instead of doing uh, whatever it is you were supposed to be doing today. But thank you for listening. I know this was kind of a a random episode. I had just so much information to go over. It's, it's always hard to make a script for something like this. Uh, did my best you just kind of got to flow and and try and cover it as you go but thank you for listening we will be back tomorrow with another edition of this podcast peace much love Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly Like non